Is everybody ready? All right, very good. Welcome to the regularly scheduled uh, Planning Commission meeting for Wednesday, September 27th. Uh, Mr. Clerk, would you please take the roll? Sure. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Abbey? Here. Commissioner Busa? Here. Commissioner Farley? Here. Commissioner McCarty? Here. Mr. Zucker is absent. Vice Chair Lagerquist? Here. And Chair Comden? I am here. Um, would you be kind enough to introduce yourself? We, I have not seen you here. Yeah, my name is Derek Reiser. I'm the Deputy City Clerk. Okay, welcome. Thanks. Okay, uh, let's move on to public communications, which is the time set aside during the com committee meetings for members of the public to address the committee on planning-related business other than scheduled agenda items. Mr. Clerk, do we have any speakers tonight? Thank you, Chair. We have not received any public comments. Very good. Thank you. Let's move on to consent items. We have the approval of the minutes for August 22 and 23. Um, yes, Commissioner Abbey. Um, I'd like just to take uh, those two separately. All right. I'll move, uh, I'll wait until someone, if there's no comments from other commissioners on August 22nd, I'll move that we approve that. All right. Well, we can take comments after it's uh, moved. So you are moving. Is there a second on that for this? Second. 22nd. Okay, now, are there any comments on the minutes for August 22? Hearing none, shall we take a, a vote on the approval of those minutes, please? I apologize. Who was the second on that motion? McCarty. Thank you. Okay, we have a motion and a second. I'm going to take them separately. Uh, Commissioner Abbey? Oh, we're doing it roll call. Um, yes. Sorry. Commissioner Busa? Yes. Commissioner Farley? Yes. Commissioner McCarty? Yes. Vice Chair Lagerquist? Yes. And Chair Comden? Yes. And we will be taking a vote on the rest of the items. Okay. So now we'll move to August 23 minutes. Yes, Commissioner Abbey. Uh, I'm trying to find that screen, and I apologize. Um, I had it and now I don't have it. There it is, okay, sorry. Okay, let me remember which page that was on. I was with the Johnson Drive corridor. So let's see, page five. That's on the bottom of page eight um, and okay. it flows into page nine. Okay, so area one looks good. Area three looks good. So that was area three, general industrial parcels. Um, actually, there was some confusion. Actually, uh, that second one, there was areas one, two, and three. There was no controversy on areas one and three, and area three was the land that was uh, furthest to the west, which was the uh, bordered by Seahawk to the north, Grand Avenue on the east, and Ventura Boulevard on the south. So uh, this is saying Commissioner Abbey made a motion. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's refer it's not. That, I, I follow you. That part should be Evan. struck. That first part after it says recording clerk Euler declared the motion carried. Um, I did make an initial motion, but that had to do with a part of area two that didn't get a second. So I don't think those get recorded in minutes if you don't even get a second. Right. Yeah, we, I, I'm following you, Commissioner Abbey. We, we'll clean that up. Okay. Uh, let's see. So let me just look a little closer. Subsequent motion for area two. East side of the area be changed to light industrial and the west be changed to mixed use three. Also recommended that the commercial and at the time it was the planning recommended that the commercial and both the general industrial and light industrial parcel on the north side of the Metrolink station to, to the north of the train tracks of the Metrolink station be changed to mixed use three. So Com Commissioner Abbey, we'll just remove general and we'll say the Planning Commission also recommended that the commercial and industrial parcels on the north side of the Metrolink station be changed to mixed use three. Is, is that okay? Okay. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I think that was it. Uh, there's after recording, let's see, on page nine, Commissioner Abbey made a motion to recommend the City Council approve the land use recommendations proposed by the GPAC for area three. So there's confusion. Commercial parcels east of 101. That 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 doesn't make sense. East of oh, that's the area three. So we, it's referenced yeah. this area three twice, and this, we'll this, combine them. Okay, the so, area three pieces. So to be clear, it's Seahawk to the north, Grand to the east, and Venture Boulevard yep. to the south. Yep. Okay. I'm seeing what you're seeing. I think that captures what needed to be corrected. I'm sorry if nobody else followed. It's like me and Mark having our own conversation. But I, I uh, recognize where to clean that up. Okay. Okay. Any other comments on these minutes? The 23rd? Okay. You do? Oh, yes. Uh, Vice Chair Larkin. I used Post. my little button. Yes, well done. <laughs> Um, actually, I just wanted to point out that on the August 22nd minutes, you did put, you guys put me in as virtual, which was accurate, and, and I was also virtual on the 23rd, so that probably should be stated. And, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity, as I was quite ill. Well, thank you for joining, even though you were quite it, ill. It was, it was fun. You were a trooper. Thank you. Um, we will add that note. Okay, with those changes, do we have a motion for approval? I'll make a motion to approve the August 23rd minutes with the changes just uh, agreed to. Very good. Commissioner McCarty, do we have a second? A second. Commissioner Busa, please take the roll. We have a motion and a second on the consent items. You should now be able to enter your vote.
All votes are entered, six ayes, and the motion carries. Very good, thank you. Let's move on to the formal items. Project 230387, Citywide Accessory Dwelling Unit Regulations, ADUs. Staff, are you ready for a presentation? Yes, thank you. Right. Thank you and good evening, Planning Commissioners. My name is Erica and I'm a senior planner with the city. I'm here tonight to present on the ADU ordinance update. State law that governs accessory dwelling units, also known as ADUs, changes annually. The current ADU ordinance in effect was adopted last year to expeditiously incorporate the changes to state law. As the urgency ordinance is set to expire at the end of this year, staff is bringing forward the proposed amendment to the ADU ordinance to further reflect and incorporate the most recent changes to state ADU law. The proposed amendment also incorporates feedback received from the public, Coastal Commission, and Housing and Community Development guidance given to other jurisdictions. Next slide, please. The proposed ADU ordinance amendment began with stakeholder outreach. Feedback was requested from other city departments, Coastal Commission, and was publicly available on our website since July 25th. After receiving feedback from Planning Commission tonight, the proposed amendment will go before City Council. Should City Council adopt the proposed amendment, staff will work with Coastal Commission on the LCP amendment to incorporate the proposed ADU ordinance amendment with appropriate noticing time. Per state law, a copy of all adopted ADU ordinances is required to be submitted to HCD within 60 days. Next slide, please. As a brief refresher, an ADU is a completely independent living unit that can be attached or detached on both single-family and multi-family lots. The state also provides for a specific type of ADU per subdivision E of state ADU law, which is often referred to as a state-exempt ADU or a statewide exemption ADU. These ADUs have very specific development criteria prescribed by the state, such as four-foot side and rear setbacks, and maximum unit sizes of 800 square feet for detached units on single-family lots, amongst other criteria. A JADU, or Junior Accessory Dwelling Unit, is contained within the footprint of the existing or proposed single-family residence and can share sanitation facilities with the primary single-family residence. Next slide, please. The proposed amendments to the ADU ordinance generally provide for less restrictive development criteria than previous years based on the changes in state law. Some highlights of the proposed changes are shown on the screen. The proposed changes in size are consistent with state law, as are the proposed changes in setbacks. The proposed heights are more relaxed than state law, which allows heights up to 16, 18, and 20 feet in specific instances. Staff is proposing the current height changes as feedback was received from property owners with sloping lots indicating difficulty with proposing two-story ADUs and ADUs above garages due to the previous height requirements as well as height measurements. With the proposed update, heights are still proposed to be measured consistent with that of our municipal code. Generally, height measurements per municipal code are broken down into properties within the hillside area and those not within the hillside area. The hillside area is generally characterized as being north of Poli and Foothill. Most of all properties within the hillside area are also within the very high fire hazard severity zone. Next slide, please. In regards to the very high fire hazard severity zone, only JADUs were previously allowed. 
The state has provided feedback to other jurisdictions with similar landscapes that state exemption ADUs be allowed anywhere, and thus the proposed amendment includes that only statewide exemption ADUs and JADUs are allowed in the very high fire hazard severity zone. Next slide, please. Parking would not be required for ADUs and JADUs except for properties located within the coastal zone within the boundaries of the ADU mandatory parking area, AMPA. Currently, state law has specific criteria that needs to be met to be able to require parking for ADUs. Thus, effectively, parking is not required for ADUs except in the coastal zone. The boundaries of the AMPA maps shown on the screen were drawn with preliminary input and feedback from Coastal Commission. All the proposed ordinance amendments will be formally submitted to the Coastal Commission through an LCP amendment with proper noticing. Next slide, please. Beyond traditional single-family construction, the addition of ADUs and JADUs within the community can widen the range of housing types, thereby increasing available supply of housing within the city. Staff recommends that the Planning Commission, by resolution, recommend that the City Council adopt the proposed ordinance amendment and authorize staff to make any changes as detailed on the presentation slide and in the staff report. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. Do we have questions for staff? Commissioner Abbey. Thank you. Good evening, Erica, and welcome. Um, there was a letter from a, a resident, Kevin Miller. There were two letters, and his is one of them. Um, and let's see, without trying to, maybe I can paraphrase what he was saying. He's, he was concerned about the Lord ordinance leaving off the rules about windows on the second floor, rear, and sides. Did you see that letter? Yes. Okay. Um, so it says the previous ordinance stated any exterior windows that face rear or side yard areas of an adjacent property and are not separated by an alley and are closer than 10 feet from the property line shall be fitted with translucent glazing and be either fixed or of an awning style with a maximum op opening angle of 25 degrees. Uh, he appreciated that the new ordinance said the ADU can have a second story outdoor balcony that's not closer than 10 feet, but he, his letter indicates that the other that we were just mentioning about translucent windows was left off. Was that intentional? Uh, so staff understands there are potential privacy concerns. However, that original requirement is difficult to enforce as the glazing and window openings can be changed out very easily. Um, further, the planning department does not do inspections for these types of projects. Um, and generally, the building inspectors are primarily focused on ensuring that the building is built to code. Um, and also, generally, the required side yard setback for a single-family home is five feet, and the required setback for an ADU would be four feet, which is ultimately a difference of one foot. Okay, but the, the glazing was in the previous. I remember that because I was on planning commission when that went through originally when we approved the ADU ordinance at that time a few years back. Um, let's see, could I ask uh, our director? Um, what is your feeling about that provision being left off? And maybe it's not something that's something that's on planning's radar, or maybe I'm not saying that correctly, but uh, I know the idea behind ADUs is to get these to be approved ministerially and not be asking neighbors, is this okay or not okay? But I think there's 
in, in my opinion, there is sort of a general view that privacy should be retained, and that was the intent when it was approved originally. Is there some way we can, can change the new proposed ordinance to include wording that would uh, allow for that privacy, uh, privacy provision? I'm gonna actually let J Jamie chime in and then I'm happy to chime in as well. Okay. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. Uh, we can include the provision. It's definitely something we can um, put back into the ordinance should the Planning Commission agree that that is something that they would like to see. Um, it's, it's easily changed back into the new ordinance. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, oh, I have a question. So if that were put back in the ordinance, and uh, obviously the planning department's not proactively going out to enforce that, but if, it, but if it was required and it wasn't done, would a neighbor have the right to say, hey, that, that wasn't done and that was a requirement and there, that would call out code enforcement to make sure that that code gets enforced? That's correct. Okay, thank you. Just to clarify, you're talking about second story ADUs only? Other questions for staff? Uh, Commissioner Pusa. Should I push the right button? Um, uh, two questions just for, for my clarification. One, this is a process that would be done annually, so we would expect to see uh, annual revisions again back through commission next year? Yes, um, we currently have seen state legislation come through with additional ADU provisions. Um, they are not adopted at this time, um, but the state is still going through um, different state laws to incorporate into ADUs. So there is a likelihood that the ADU ordinance will be amended again. Thank you. Um, and then secondly, could you speak to the, um, the height uh, allowance of 25 feet that was mentioned. We mentioned, I heard state law, and I was trying to understand this too, uh, um, when I was reading the report that you know, 16, 18, and 20 feet are allowed by state. Feedback came back for hillside residents that we needed 25. For, uh, could you just clarify that for me, please? Like why the 25 versus the 16, 18, 20? So generally, um, Height measurements vary throughout the city, but generally the height of a building or other structure is measured from the average established curb grade at the front lot line to the highest point of such building or other structure outside of the hillside area and for uh, lots with slopes less than 10%. Um, for lots that have a slight slope, we can kind of see that property owners generally lose anywhere from two to three feet in height. And so because of that, staff is you know, recommending that the heights be increased to 25 feet to allow two-story ADUs. Understood, and is that in sloped areas or all around the city? Uh, it is, it can be found in other places throughout the city, yes. Thank you. Okay, point of clarification. Uh, it's not mandatory to come back to planning commission annually. It's just if there are changes. That's correct. Okay. It's a responsive piece. Okay, very good. Other questions or comments? Yes, Commissioner Farley. And just um, kind of looking at the trends you guys are seeing, how many of these types of units are you permitting right now? 
I'd roughly. have to look into that. I'm not sure at the time if there's data available. Um, I haven't seen anything recently that I can speak on. We, we are getting um, an uptick of ADUs. When we did our housing element um, in 2021, there was not very many at that time. Uh, I think, you know, as part of housing element calculation, you can only project out what you've already seen in past history. So we didn't project out very many. We have seen a significant increase in ADUs. We can come back in the future with some stats of what we're getting, and we'll put stats together as part of our housing element report annually in April of all ADUs and housing units that are prepared. And we're happy to share that annual report with you all so you can see not just ADUs, but units in general that are um, that are trending, but we are seeing an increase in ADU construction. Thank you. And just as a clarification point, I think some of the flexibility that's built into this revision from the last is probably important to help increase the numbers where you're finding constraints. Um, so I appreciate those changes that you guys are considering. Thank you. Thank you. Other questions or comments for staff? Commissioner McCarty. Thank you, Erica. Um, a couple of questions about the proposed ADU ordinance. The first question is more theory than substance. So you, if you don't know the answer to this, that's fine. In the, in the very first paragraph where it's, regarding the chapter description, it says, these provisions are intended to stabilize property values. And for the life of me, I, I couldn't come up with a, a reason as to how the ADU regulations stabilize property values. Does anybody have, have a, an answer to that? If you don't, that's, that's okay. It's just, it just popped out at me, um, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out an answer to that one. I'll take a stab at it. Um, that was in the urgency ordinance. There's a lot of language that was carried over from a previous version of the ordinance that was written. Um, there is a section within the existing urgency ordinance that, that uses the same language that the provisions um, are intended to stabilize. So I think it was just carried over from that. Okay, okay. If, if that's no longer the case, might consider striking that reason from the uh, uh, from the, the reason for drafting the regulations, just just for consideration. Um, another question too. I got confused in one other spot uh, on page two of the ordinance. Just just going through the uh, the definitions, and it defines living area means the interior habitable area of a dwelling unit, including basements and attics. However, later in the ordinance, it says on multifamily lots, the units must be converted from the portions of existing multifamily dwelling structures that are not used as livable space, including attics and basements. And that's, uh, so in one portion of the regulations, I'm, I'm led to believe attics and basements are livable space, and in another portion, I'm led to believe they are not. So that, that was just inconsistent to me, I'm, and I don't know uh, uh, if we need to reconcile that in the, in the regulations or not. 
Thank you for pointing that out, Commissioner. Uh, so these definitions and the section in the multifamily lot section that you were referring to are referenced directly from state ADU law. So I can take a look at that and um, uh, make any inconsistencies consistent. Okay, thank you. Vice Chair. Uh, I, I wanted to ask a few more questions regarding the height. Um, so is that for attached and detached? Is it 25 feet for both? Yes. Okay. Um, for just a point of clarification, for attached ADUs, it could be up to the height of the what the base zoning allowed. If it's 30 feet high, then the attached ADU could also be 30 feet high. All right. Okay. Um, I had some questions. There was a a letter that was sent, it was regarding the Los Angeles. And so in, in Ventura, in the very, very high fire, we are not allowing ADUs unless they are JADUs or the state exempt. Is that what I understood from the? Okay. That is correct. So are we prepared to, if that gets challenged? I mean, it's being challenged in, in other locations. I'm just curious. So by, there's been a lot of clarification about this. Um, there was a lot of ambiguity. As Ms. Peltier um, raised, ADU laws are passed, um, like five to 30 of them each year. Um, and some of them are inconsistent and some of them require different things than other ADU laws do. And so there is always this reconciliation that happens through the process of what the state law actually means. Um, uh, communities believed that in the past ADU laws that we could restrict uh, ADUs in the very high fire hazard zone. So previous versions of our ADU ordinance did do that. Since then, HCD has come out with interpretation and clarification of their ADU laws and has, have indicated that you have to allow state-exempt ADUs everywhere, including in the very high fire hazard zone. So we are allowing them in the very, very that's a mouthful, <laughs> very high fire hazard zones. Um, however, we do not have to go beyond the state exemptions. So at, at this point, in collaboration with our other city departments and the fire department, um, the city's not looking to go beyond what the state requires us to allow in the very high, um, but we do have to allow the state exemption. And are those restrictions still based on ingress and egress of the community? Is that still the basis, or do we? It, and the fire threat and evacuation and, um, y you know, the general thought process of not compounding issues that may be occurring in these very high fire hazard zones. Okay, and then so, I'm sorry, what what makes it state exempt? Like how, what is that, how is that differentiated? Yes, so state exemption criteria for single family lots, generally the ADUs cannot be, for detached, ADUs cannot be more than 800 square feet and they need to have four foot side and rear. Depending on certain stipulations, the height can be either 16, 18, or 20 feet. And then if they're attached, it's just the same? Or? Yes. Okay. Okay, I think I'm good. Thank you. All right, very good. Other comments? Commissioner Abbey. Thank you. 
had to do, my question had to do with the front yard. I don't know if it was front yard ADU or front yard J, J ADU. Um, maybe that's not the particular one. There was some provision, if you, maybe you could find it. Um, it had to do with allowing uh, front yard ADU uh, as long as it did not exceed the front yard setback? It's under this setback bullet, the second sentence of this, which states a smaller front setback shall be granted only if needed to accommodate an ADU up to 800 square feet if not other if no, no other location is feasible. Okay, so this is only allowed if no other location is feasible. Okay, that was my question. Thank you. All right, other questions or comments? All right, so we've had three points made. Commissioner Abbey made the point of the uh, windows on the side, on second stories. And Commissioner McCarty brought up two points. Um, would someone like to make a motion incorporating any or all of those? Yes. <laughs> now, how to word it, though. Okay. Um, so I may have to defer to what the, the previous conversation about the windows as the proper wording for incorporating Commissioner Abbey's comments on that. Right. And then um, also uh, consider clearing up two slight ambiguities in the proposed regulations that I'd spoken to earlier. Uh, with that, uh, additional comments? A point of clarification on one of your your points of clarification of sorry around the the comment around the property value the property um, stabilizing property values is that in that first paragraph is that what you were referencing yeah so right at following those words you know intended to stabilize properties and the character of the neighborhoods by ensuring that ADUs are developed under appropriate conditions which is what I think the intent is of the amendment is to put forth design guidelines that are going to provide. Um, uh, residents to have a consistency around how ADUs are built. One of the design guidelines ensures that the painting will be of similar uh, color to a house. So I think that would help with that ensuring property value consistency. Say you had something that came up that was completely out of the box that didn't have these guidelines. If these guidelines didn't exist, then inconsistent um, builds could happen. So I think that, that's, that was just, as I further read that, it felt like Maybe the intent of that line was because we were adding language in the amendment that was to support consistency amongst the building. And, and I don't disagree, but perhaps um, incorporate the word consistency rather than stabilization. Stabilized to me when I read that means me, me, leads me to believe property values are not stabilized sure. for some reason. So, uh, yeah, good, that's excellent point. Um, it's. Do you, do you for mind your, if I... For staff's consideration. Yeah, and I think I'm reading that section now, so thank you for bringing this up. Uh, I think there is a, um idea, and definitely state legislature around ADUs, um, was intended to stabilize property values in the, in the sense that they believe that adding more units or providing the opportunity for single-family homes to provide more units does help uh, add to the ho housing stock that might bring some stabilization I know we are all very familiar with property values 
dr dramatically increasing in inflation. So they believe this is a tool that's going to help bring some stability there. And, and I believe where they pulled this from the urgency ordinances out of state legislature law that led to the creation of some of these ADUs, ADU laws. So okay. I think that's some of the thought process, but understand that no, that, that isn't always clear. So that's fine. And, and so as part of the motion, I would say um, consider my comments and whatever staff deems appropriate to include in the uh, proposed regulations is fine. Okay. So um, your points have been made. We're talking about reintroducing language that was taken out about the windows on the second story on side yard. Um, is that clear enough for staff? Do we have to restate it in an official way or you, you know how to reintroduce? Yes, so I do have the verbiage pulled up from the urgency ordinance, if you would like me to read it out loud. Yes, please. Um, it says that for any second story ADU, including any ADU proposed above a garage, all exterior windows that face rear or side yard areas of an adjacent property are not separated by an alley and are closer than 10 feet from the property line shall be fitted with translucent glazing and be either fixed, i.e. inoperable, or of an awning style with a maximum opening angle 25 degrees. Is that what you were looking for, Commissioner? Exactly, thank you. Okay, very good. Um, do we have any public comment? Uh, thank you, Chair, we do have one public speaker. We do, okay, very good. Let's open up the public hearing and hear from her. Uh, Mary Ann. Hi, um, I'm Mary Ann Beebner from Midtown. I support ADUs as a fast track to adding affordable housing. To help promote the building of the ADUs, uh, please add the ADU permitting and plans information to the city's development map or create a separate ADU map. Currently, we must go down to City Hall to check this. Um, and then I have just two requests. I brought them up uh, at the last meeting. Under the equipment building and safety requirements, which is section D on page 14, um, each ADU must have its own water heater and space heating. Please add that they must be electric. And then um, the second request is that under the design features, under design features section H, page nine and 10, the height limitation, it talks about roof decks. And I wish that we could add some more specific language so that roof decks, so you don't get the complete building height plus a roof deck, which would increase really the height of the building another eight, and ten, eight to 10 feet. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Do we have any other public speakers? That concludes. Okay, very good. We're going to close the public hearing. And uh, any comments at this point? Yes, Commissioner Abbey. Um, just picking up on that uh, comment from the public regarding roof decks, I uh, just wanted to ask staff, how, is, how are roof decks treated right now in regards to ADUs? So actually in the proposed ordinance amendment, it states specifically that roof decks must be within the height limitations. So for a detached ADU, if they were proposing a height of 25 feet, it would need to be within that 25 feet. So are, are we talking about the, f the floor being at 25 feet, but whoever's standing up on top of, what about people and objects protruding above the, the decking of that, uh, roof deck 
Does there does it talk about that at all? It does not specifically mention that, but it would be to the railing height of the roof deck, the tallest point of the structure. Okay, so you've got the roof and then you've got the roof deck, and that has to be within the 25 feet. That is correct. Okay. That's the railing of that. The railing. People might be a couple of feet taller, <laughs> but nothing could be structurally built above 25 feet, including the railings. That is correct. Or any ceiling on such a deck. All right, very good. So, so, so question for clarification. So how does Ms. Buener's request differ from what we just clarified now with regard to heights? It wasn't clear to me. Can you repeat the question? The, uh, the I, think, I think she was intimating that nothing should be above the maximum height of 25 feet including any decking and railing, et cetera, or okay. covering of such deck. Okay. So that you, so, can't, you can't build the yeah. residence uh, up to 25 feet and then have a deck that has a railing above that, et cetera. So her, her request is consistent with what we're, yeah, okay. I believe good, so. Good, good. Okay. I'd like to turn the attention because I'm interested in electrification to her suggestion about requiring um, that heating and water be electrified as opposed to other fuel sources. Can we make such a requirement if it's not I don't believe so. required elsewhere in the city? The whole intent behind ADU ordinances is to actually add more flexibility in terms of, of building requirements. For example, we can't charge connection fees and certain um, other ideas. I think if the state had or the city had an overall requirement, um, we could possibly uh, require that of this. However, I don't think we could exclusively do it for ADUs when we don't have a citywide one. Um, the Climate Action and Resilience Plan are going to look at uh, such type of improvements, as well as I think building codes are already going that direction, and, and we'll, we'll probably start to see in the next cycle of the building code uh, that that would be a requirement. Very good. Good suggestion. I just don't think we could do it. You're, you're out in front of it. All right, very good. Yes, Commissioner. So, so then there was a third suggestion regarding uh, putting an ADU map on the website. Is, would that be an issue? Uh, right now, we have a development map that has um, all of the development projects that is going on and going on into public hearings. That's something that staff maintains weekly. Um, I am hesitant to add any other type of kind of tool like, like that right now, given just our staff resources and capacities. Um, however, I think we can um, put a report out monthly, maybe, or um, quarterly about the progress we made. I don't think that, because um, again, then how consistently do we keep it up? And we can't, we don't have tools to automate it right now, so it would be kind of a staff person resource. I think it's a great suggestion and something we can look, look at when we have automated tools. Um, but we can definitely look at maybe a quarterly report or something of that nature that at least, you know, every three months. Um, at the very least, you can see it yearly with our annual report on the housing element, but I can look into trying doing it more frequently. Uh, again, could you reiterate how uh, the community is noticed on ADUs? Is it like other projects? No, 
an ADU is a ministerial process. Um, and a property owner comes in, submits a building permit, and they get a building permit, and they can construct it. The state has intentionally made them ministerial. So there's no public hearings or notification about ADUs. So the next door neighbor wouldn't know until hammers are swinging, perhaps? Correct. Okay. Well, although um, uh, the immediate community will get a notice of a ministerial hearing about an ADU, won't they? Are they? There are no hearings for ministerial items. Okay. All right. Yeah. Similarly, if your neighbor was doing an addition to their home or a remodel, you wouldn't be notified of that happening because they're meeting all of the regulations and doing a ministerial improvement. Um, they have categorized ADUs in that same class, that it just requires a building permit, no hearings, no discretion from the city. We don't have the ability to apply discretion to ADUs. They meet the regulations, they get issued a permit, they go and build. Okay, so that now that we haven't forgotten our changes and additions, um, oh, uh, Vice Chair, yes, please. I, I have a couple of questions and comments for the commission. Um, so one is, I, I'm sorry, Commissioner Abbey, but I, I kind of disagree with the whole privacy. Just kind of want to throw that out there. Like, um, A, it, this is supposed to make the development of an ADU easier um, and seamless and th that sort of thing. I'm not sure putting those regulations back on is required. And honestly, if I was going to live in an ADU, I would want to be able to open the window. And and I, I'm, I'm a little confused why we would do that when it's, you know, if the person living in the ADU wants their privacy, they can certainly do that in an interior way. And so... Well, I, um, may I make this recommendation? I think we need to have a motion and a second, and then we can discuss. And, okay. and those items can be brought forth, and we can have that discussion. So, okay. but, before, but I have yes, another please. question. Before. Please, please. So, my other question right now is: I didn't understand the third or the second. Um, there, there were two ambiguities, and we talked about the stabilization of property. What was the other one? The uh, whether or not basements and attics are livable space or oh, non-livable okay. space. Okay. Okay, I can wait for discussion. That may now. be in the eye of the beholder, but yeah. All right, very good. So do we have a motion on these two changes, clarifications, and Commissioner Abbey's reintroduction of the window issue? So I will move uh, to approve the uh, proposed regulations with the following modifications. The reintroduction of the, uh, the text regarding uh, glazed windows, and then uh, to have staff consider the two points of clarification that I made uh, regarding number one, um, stabilization of property values, and the second, consistent definitions of attics and basements as livable or non-livable space uh, with uh, with staff's discretion as to whether or not those changes need to be made or. Very good. We have a motion, do we have a second? A second. Okay, second. I just wanted to be clear that the part about the opaque windows on the second floor was as, as you had read that earlier, putting it back to way, the way it was. Right. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we have a second now. 
discuss. Okay. So, I, again, I, I, like if I were living in the ADU, I wouldn't want my windows forced to be glazed. I'd want to be able to see out. If you're, you know, if you're up at above 15 feet, I mean, it could be disrupting a view that you might have or airflow that, you know, we all count on our nature's air conditioner. And I just, and if it's a, a taller one, I wouldn't want to be restricted on how far I could open my window if I was living in the ADU. So I'm, I'm just, con I don't understand who we're protecting. Um, go ahead. No, I think you make a very good point. Um, so, and maybe we can modify, uh, modify it. We're, who we're trying to protect is the neighbor who lives right next door where you're looking right down into their family backyard. So there's different ways you could actually do it. You could have clerestory windows, windows that are above a certain height, so you, you, and those could open. You could have light. You could have, um, so of a certain height, so that for most humans, most people, you're not looking down into the neighbor, but I definitely uh, take very well your point. You know, you want light. You want to be able to get wind air into your... So if there's some sort of compromise we could find, I would be looking for that. Okay. Uh, let me jump in. I believe uh, the text that's being reintroduced indicates that windows are operable uh, up to a 25% angle. Um, keeping in mind, and I appreciate where you're coming from, this is only on the close-sided of the four sides of a residence. The front, if you will, the back, and the lesser side all have the opportunity for whatever size windows are allowable. Uh, and this being operable window, I, I believe it is operable, uh, simply um, shields the immediate viewing of someone's um, yard. Of course, the neighbor won't know anything about it until it's being built, so really won't have any you know, determination in this. I do like the idea, if it is a smaller window, as many homes used to be built with, that are above a certain level, but that might be getting a little bit too micro in all of this. Um, because, you know, it might be that that wall does have a spectacular view of the ocean or the hillside or something very nice, and you want to be able to look out without impeding the privacy of your next door neighbor. I'm not sure what the solution is, but this, these are operable windows, correct? They, they, it could be opened for air ventilation? Yes, to up to 25 degrees. If I could add just some information that may help you all in the, in the discussion. Um, so in, in our zoning districts, when you build a single family residence, we do have setback requirements for side yard setbacks. Those are typically five feet. Um, and then in our Pierpont area, which is our um, beach zone, they are, because of the narrow size of the lot, the side yard setbacks are 10% of the width of that property. So often you see them even less than five feet. Some are four, four and a half feet. Um, you are, there's no restriction on those homes to do windows on their side. So we don't restrict them on the primary residence, which is why staff looked at removing it here because we are restricting it on the ADUs where the primary residents don't have the same restrictions. So on side yards, you can have two homes with five-foot setbacks on each side that do face each other that 
have the ability to have windows on, on either. So that was kind of that staff's thought process. But again, we can reintroduce this if there is a desire to do so. Okay. Further comment on that particular topic? Vice Chair. Well, I'll just say that I, I, I'm, I'm really opposed to restricting it further. I, I want to hear, I'm not going to hold up the ADU. Um, I, you know, it's important that we get it passed, and so I'm, you know, but I, I am really opposed to that. I don't think we need to restrict it. Commissioner? Uh, my question was going to be to staff is, do we, do we have the same restriction in other areas where we might have sort of suspects? And it sounds like we don't, so I, it, I'm leaning in the same direction where this just feels like unduly um, unburdens, or an extra burden for doing what we are actually intending not to do, which is make this less burdensome. Additionally, I lived in an ADU in Midtown that had a less than a five-foot setback on a second floor, and I'll tell you, if I didn't have that side window to be able to open up, I would have been living in a toaster oven and that was, that was the way the place was built. It had that east to west. That would have been the only airflow through. Okay. So, Commissioner Farley. I would like to concur, and after what Netta said, too, I don't want to restrict ADUs any further than a typical single family would be restricted. And um, in my opinion, I think that's overly burdensome. Okay. Um, in my home at home right now, I meet all the setbacks, and I look right into my neighbor's backyard. So I, I don't see there being a direct impact on neighbor privacy any different than a house. All right, Commissioner McCarty. As the maker of the original motion, am I allowed to propose my own substitute motion? I think you are. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as a substitute motion, I would like to uh, recommend approval of the citywide ADU regulations as proposed by staff to consider the two points of clarification, which I talked about earlier, period. Very good. Um, as the seconder of the original motion, do you accept that? It, it's a substitute motion. So substitute motion? I don't have to second this one. This okay. is a separate motion. Would someone like to second this substitute motion? Happy second. <laughs> All right. Vice Chair seconds. Any further discussion? I'll just say in, in the same way we had the discussion about electrification of ADUs and being inconsistent with how the city uh, operates elsewhere, uh, this would be inconsistent if we were to make this uh, restriction. So I, I'm in agreement that uh, it should not be included. Commissioner uh, Abbey. Um, I'm going to end up voting yes on this uh, measure. I mean, I could pr promote another amendment, but I can see that that would not go get anywhere. Um, I stand by my points earlier, but I certainly understand my fellow, fellow commissioners' viewpoints. Mm -hmm. uh, so with that being said, uh, I'm favorable, favor, in favor of this motion. All right, very good. And there's always trees that can be planted on the property line. So with that, uh, we have a motion and a second. Let's vote, please. Thank you, Chair. You can now enter your vote. Six eyes and the motion carries. Very good, thank you. Just uh, to let you know, my request to speak box is not registering when people attempt, so continue to flag me if, if you wish to speak. 
All right, let's move on to project 230265, Stardust Mobile Home Estates Plan Development. Permit major variance and minor variance located at 11100 Telegraph Road. Thank you. Staff is requesting the item be continued to a date certain of October 25th, 2023 to allow staff to further evaluate the mobile home park regulations in relation to storage facilities for recreational vehicles. Okay, very good. Any objection? All right. So it will be. I don't know. Do we need motions on this? We do. Okay. Do, do I have a motion to continue? I'd like to make the motion to uh, approve staff's request to continue this. Commissioner McCarty, seconded by Commissioner Farley. Let's vote. We have a motion and a second. You can now enter your vote. 6 eyes and the motion carries. Very good. Thank you. Well, now we move on to staff uh, communication. Netta, can you give us some updates, please? Thank you, uh, Chair Comden, commissioners. I wanted to provide an update from our last meeting about the um, general plan update um, that moved from this board onto the city council for discussion at September 11th. At the September 11th meeting, it was continued to the September 25th City Council meeting for discussion, and it's been continued again. I was hoping to provide you an update on all the areas, but I'll provide you an update on the areas that have been discussed up until this point. Um, so the City Council did deliberate and make a um, endorsement of three of the areas. Uh, the first was of the west side, and the west side was uh, the general plan advisory committee's recommendation differed from the planning commission. The primary change that the planning commission recommended was turning the general industrial sites to light industrial. After council's deliberation, they did not go with planning commission's recommendation and went with the GPAC's recommendation with one modification. There was an area of discussion that was dis discussed to be commercial, which they reverted back to general industrial too. So the motion and the vote there ended up being um, uh, that for the west side. The second area that they were able, able to deliberate was Midtown. Um, this is where the public, the, the GPAC, and the Planning Commission had different um, ideas for this and uh, the planning commission, or I'm sorry, the city council's motion or endorsement of the area was to actually follow the public's um, recommendation, which was to keep the entire Midtown Corridor um, mixed use three at three stories, which is what their final endor or their endorsement of, of the uh, Midtown was. The third area of discussion that they did deliberate on was the Pacific View Mall Five Points area. Um, for that area, Again, GPAC and Planning Commission's recommendations were slightly different, um, as well as the public. They did uh, follow the Planning Commission's recommendation for Five Points and uh, the Ball area um, and recommended what the Planning Commission had um, passed on there. So uh, at the next meeting of October 9th, their hope is to get through the other seven areas. But we will see if that, that happens, and I'll provide an update after the full item's been discussed. Thank you, Nada. Um, this is an opportunity for us to have a little bit further discussion. If you, uh, uh, 
we're fortunate enough to spend time with the city council as they deliberated and heard from the community on the west side portion of the discussion. Um, there were very strong feelings um, from both the council and from the community. Uh, and they um, rejected our recommendations. And I wanted to take this opportunity to hear from anyone who wanted to speak up on this topic uh, for clarification purposes, because uh, I've been thinking about it a lot. So Commissioner Abbey, would you like to start? Yeah, I do. Um, I think uh, with the best of intentions, the Planning Commission on a unanimous vote was looking to, at the environmental considerations of what the residents who live there have to live with every day. And uh, I'm not going to relitigate or discuss pro or con either way, but I think at first blush, we were trying to do the right thing. I think we missed the boat and I think it became very evident in retrospect after the fact, after having watched for hours and hours, watch business owners employees of the west side, all those businesses, we had a huge blind spot. Um, so I'm going to mention two key phrases. One is nuance. We were not nuanced at all. I include myself amongst that uh, uh, critique. We made a wholesale change across the board that all heavy industrial on the west side be converted to light industrial. That is, wow, that's quite a statement. And in retrospect, it's clear to me that that went way too far. Um, I know that we had a limited amount of time to make decisions. So I would give that on our side that uh, we didn't really have opportunity to study it further and so forth. But uh, it's very clear that if something along those lines were ever proposed again, one, it would have to come from a directive from the city council itself. Two, if we were to take that subject up again, we would need staff, we would need reports and uh, consultants, somebody to decide parcel by parcel what's, what's good, what's not, and is there an additional land use that might take up noxious uh, elements but allow other heavy industry and so forth. I won't get into that, but Nuance was lost. We didn't have that. Um, balanced process. Uh, I'm pretty sure we skipped an important step in the process. Uh, because of our process or lack of, we did not allow for those who might be affected to be put on notice to, and therefore they did not have an opportunity to speak. So. For, for most of the items that we took up from GPAC, that had gone through a public process. It had been vetted. People had an opportunity to speak. Um, on this wholesale change, it was a last minute thing where people were blindsided, had no idea that that was going to be discussed, and therefore had no opportunity to participate in the democratic process where the public is very critical to that process. So those are my, that's my perspective. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Busa. 
thank you, Commissioner Abby, for the, uh, your comments, and, and I would agree with you in, in, uh, in many of those statements. Um, I think you know there was an intent there that we were we were aiming for, which was to not to to ensure that none of our residents live in environmentally hazardous conditions across, across our city. Um, I, I think, uh, for me personally, um, I would have uh, you know, I would have liked to have come forth with more objectivity. Um, I think that's a word if we were to look at one. I think it was a. Um, our view uh, lacked a little bit of objectivity and, and fact to make that that uh, decision, um, something that I've been reflecting on quite a bit over the last several weeks and something that I'm going to be more conscious of in, in future deliberations and decisions that we make. Um, I do also, you know, I want to almost acknowledge the due process that this is all going through. This has, the general plan goes through an extensive uh, due process involving uh, the GPAC, which is a group of individuals selected over a course of time, sitting over a year and a half to two years. Um, it comes through this governing body, goes to council, um, and I think we got to see due process in its fullest, and I think that is, um, that is a positive um, outcome of this, to, to see that we can continue to get um, the, the voices of the public heard through this process. Um, and I would, I would say that, you know, for me, a decision like this, I would like to have, um, you know, a more uh, factual background, like more data to support a, a, a notion like that that had such a sweeping change. Um, so for me, I think objectivity is a, a word I would lend in that, um, in that addiction for, for what's taken place over the last couple weeks. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner McCarty. I agree completely with uh, the comments of the previous two commissioners who spoke. I, I think this, this, it was a big miss for us as, as a planning commission, and I think we can take it as a, as a lesson learned. And as has been articulated before, we, we tried to do the right thing for a part of our community, but we had a very myopic view, and we did we took an action without proper input from that community itself. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lesson learned, and I think, as, as has been said, and as I think our mindset has changed, if, as we go ahead and they're coming they're come in, into the in future discussions, potential big changes like this, I think we'll put on the brakes and take much more consideration into what we're doing and, and how we're going to go about it. So... Uh, yeah, a miss, but good lessons learned. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Farley. I want to also agree with my fellow commissioners. I think we had our minds in the right spot. I think our heart was with the community, the residents living in that community. And for me personally, looking forward to the future, um, I spoke to that during the meeting that we were not intending to kick out any existing businesses, and I think that we all agreed to that um, very clearly. I think. Uh, the public did not sense that commitment um, and was very fearful. Um, and for me personally, it's an aspirational document, this general plan, and looking towards the future, I think it's a topic that I think we still need to continue talking about. Um, and is that something that we do through a zoning code update or future looks at specific plans and things in those areas? I think it's something valuable. Um, I agree also that it's important that we have these discussions and the public comes to these kind of meetings, and we did miss that 
um, folks mentioned that this happened at the last part of a meeting. And I agree, most people weren't sitting up till 10.30 watching those meetings. And, and to me, that would catch me off guard as well. Um, but to me, it's aspirational. And I think it's something we should continue as a community to make sure that we're protecting the health and safety as well as the businesses throughout our community. And that was evident at the City Council's action of keeping those businesses in place. And it is important. Um, but I do appreciate the opportunity to speak to that again. Thank you, Commissioner. Vice Chair. Thank you. Um, I have, um, I don't disagree with my fellow commissioners, but I have a little bit different perspective um, on a couple of the things that have been said. Um, one is, so first of all, the process as it was brought to us, I'm not sure how else we would do it, right? I mean, we were given this inordinate amount of information all at once to digest and to discuss, and there was no other opportunity I mean, we weren't, we were given that information three, four, or five days before our meeting. So there's no opportunity to understand how public input might be required. And quite frankly, the fact that it still goes to the city council and we're just making a recommendation as a body um, provides that opportunity. So I don't really see it too much as a breakdown in the democratic process. I think the community had a chance to speak and they did. And, and, I'm, and, and I will always say that I am a huge advocate of that. I was, I was as, as, much as it stung a little bit, I was very, very glad to see the turnout as it was and the number of people that spoke um, and, and heard them. I, I watched the whole thing. Um, but I will also point out that, that we only still only heard one side of that argument. There was one speaker, and, and his name actually did not even make the meeting minutes. And his name was um, Christian Nunez. So um, he spoke about the Cal environment screen and how that community, so that Western community, it is the only disadvantaged community in the city of Ventura. And so I think that was the intent of the Planning Commission. And speaking in the aspirational terms, you know, we're looking at a, communi a community that is bearing the brunt of our industrial you know, uh, work in the city. And, and so if this was our opportunity to start that conversation, then I'm okay with that. And I would offer, and, but, but what I will say is that those decisions do need to be made under study with data and things like that. And so my challenge to the city is, okay, we need to look at this. Like, I, I'm very concerned. And, and again, there was one speaker, and I believe there was between, I, I don't know how many exactly spoke on the western side issue, because a few did speak on the midtown issues and so forth. But it was a lot. So it was like 74 total speakers. And there was one that spoke the other side. And that disadvantaged community is typically not heard. And so I, I would say that, yes, we heard a, a large portion of the community. And, and again, very glad. And, and I'm fine with the way it went. Um, I think that's appropriate at this time. But we still need to look at this and, and understand and perhaps challenge the city to look at the issue. We need to understand what the economic impacts would be of moving those industrial um, operations, what that economic impact is to the city, to the families, the people that own it. We need to look at all of these things, but we also need to look at what the environmental impact is now, long-term, whether, whether those are being addressed. And, and, and I, this community is part of the, the state law of SB 535. Are they seeing any of that, um, any of that funding? Are they seeing any of this, you know, uh, any of those services that come with that? And, and so, again, I, um, 
when a couple of the terms that you guys used, um, proper input, it is true, we did not have our full proper input, but I would say we're still there. We still haven't heard the whole story and still don't have our full proper input. Um, and I just, I feel very strongly, and I'm very sorry that Commissioner Zucker's not here, but you know, we're still, it's still a job and, and our responsibility as the city to, to um, ensure that everybody has equity in the air that they breathe and the water they drink and things like that. Um, so I think that's, I think I covered all the points I wanted to say. Um, you know, again, I concede that some data and study would be required. I would offer up that there's no data or study on either side of that argument. And, and so while at this time, um, I, I definitely understand the way that went, I think there is still work to be done to protect that community. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair. I'm in agreement with just about everything that was said here today, and I too am uh, sorry that Commissioner Zucker is not here. Um, I think it was a swing and a miss on our part. Uh, we let our hearts um, uh, get in the way of us thinking this through as we normally would, which is what are the facts? What do we know? What do we need to know before we deliberate? It did come at the last minute. It uh, set um, a lot of people into a suspicious mode. Uh, that's, I, I, I know you well enough to say that I don't feel that anybody on this dais uh, is malicious in, in this attempt at all. So um, know that I'm with you. And uh, as, as the chair, I, I could have said, and perhaps should have said, instead of voting on it in this way, can we vote to strongly recommend that council conduct studies, get deeper into this, uh, Commissioner McCarty and I have been on the GPAC for well over two years. This was a portion of the discussion, but it hasn't been discussed in any continuum for two years. So don't think that it's been studied to death because it hasn't. Um, there's much work to be done. In the surveys that were conducted by Ramey and Associates, there were one or two responses from Spanish-speaking people who live on the west side. That in no way is representative of the people that live there. Uh, on September 11th, a lot of people showed up. I don't know how many of them actually live on the west side. We know many of them work there and felt threatened for their work, their jobs, their businesses. And for that, I apologize. That's not our intent. Um, let it also be said that this is not the first time that we've had these discussions on this topic in some way, shape, or form. Um, when the Southern California gas compressor two years ago became an issue, we discussed it here. Uh, we discussed the streamlining ordinance process in 2021 and recommended uh, that staff start work on a buffer zone ordinance, which was um, formally noticed to businesses on the West Side, discussed at the West Side Community Council, and individual stakeholders had meetings with the former planning director. Staff then requested to address the issue at GPAC as opposed to standalone ordinance. It was discussed some, but frankly, I don't remember those discussions very deeply in the GPAC. I don't know if Commissioner McCarty has any further uh, thoughts on that. 
I want to say here, I now want to recommend that the city, the staff, the council continue to study this issue because this is an ever-changing area of Ventura. Uh, we know that there's an evolution going on there. For 100 years, it's been a major supplier of jobs, heavy industry, oil business, etc. That's evolving. I don't know how much more oil there is out there, but one day, that may not be the, uh, a dominant issue. What we do know is there's a need for housing. We do know that uh, it's an underrepresented community. We do know that it's within two miles of one of our largest assets, which is the coast and the beach. And um, whether we do it now or a little further down the road, we do need to have better understanding of what's there, what would happen if changes were proposed, and have a vision, an aspirational vision, as Commissioner Farley said, of what this is to become 25, 35, 50 years from now. But uh, I stand firm in uh, us all, you know, having our um, feelings about how it went about, and I stand in agreement with you, and I'm glad to hear from all of you on the subject because I want the community to know that we, we care deeply. Um, and uh, with that, Nedit, would you like to say something? I can be an honorary member of the Planning Commission. Uh, I, I, if it is okay, I'd just like to respond to some of the comments and share my um, observations if, if uh, you would take them. Um, I, I believe the conversations that the Planning Commission had at um, the, the August 22nd and 23rd meeting um, were very thoughtful, respectful, collaborative, um, and in all honesty, in my 16 years as a planning professional, I've not seen a Planning Commission be so considerate in their discussion and thought process through a very complex large topic. A general plan update and a land use policy map are one of the largest things a planning commission will ever tackle and one of the most challenging topics any community discusses. The general plan is a huge effort and the land use element and, and we, Matt and I discussed this as we started this topic, is the most con controversial, challenging conversation. Um, to your point, Vice Chair Lagerquist, it, it was part of the process. This is the due process. Um, there are going to be difficult conversations at every level, and a, uh, there are highly contentious and diversity of op opinions about a variety of topics. These are not uh, easy conversations. They are very challenging, and, and the reason they are challenging is they impact so many different aspects of how our community lives every day, works every day, and experiences their community. Um, to all of your points, that does take some thought process and some more study. Um, you know, I was, we, Matt and I were very impressed with all of your conversations around it. Um, just some, some background on it. This was challenging for the GPAC to discuss as well. As we started conversations on the west side and discuss, discussed industrial uh, land use designations, this is an area that was very controversial even among the GPAC during those conversations. And it didn't, it, 
you know, as we were facilitating the conversation, it was very clear to Matt and I that there would not be resolution at this point because there does need to be more study and analysis um, and more information ar around this topic, uh, which is why we recommended at GPAC a policy around this that further study be done of this area to, to do data gathering and in, uh, to, in full transparency. We don't know all of the businesses that are out there and how they are operating and what their proximity is and how long they've been and what impacts it is having. But absolutely, on all spectrums, we should take a, a closer look and have conversation. So that policy was folded into our recommendations. We did kick that out to the community in the land, land use feedback forms, and we did get responses from the public. Yes, we should have a policy. We should study this. Um, to Commissioner Frawley's point, this is a large aspirational document. It's a visioning document. The general plan is not going to go into detail of all of the issues that the city does need to tackle. What it is going to do is force us to have really difficult conversations and find where the, points, the pain points are or the areas that need to be studied or policy needs to be developed or things maybe in the past have not been done correctly or vice versa where we need to see adjustment and identify that through policies and actions as implementation to look at in the future. Um, you know, my recommendation as a planning professional is the general plan is not the right tool to fully, you know, vet out and bake this issue. It is really more of a zoning and, and regulatory next steps that can, can flush out in more detail some of these issues. So our recommendation was to do a policy and study this further and look at kind of the zoning ordinance to be able to address these or other policies. Also, um, to your point, Vice Chair Lagerquist, we do have disadvantaged communities in our city based on calavirus screens and other criteria that the state has set up. It's pollutants and overburdening in other areas that does require by state law we have an environmental justice element within our general plan. And that will be some of the next discussions and elements that we start to dig in. We did do a edu educational forum on health, equity, and environmental justice. I'm happy to send that recording and slide deck to the Planning Commission if you'd like to already start looking at it um, as, as we start looking into and preparing the environmental justice issue. But um, there are a lot of very um, challenging conversations that are going to happen around the general plan. And, and um, still my opinion is that you all manage that well. They do have the due process. It goes to council and have another other opportunity. That is why we have so many steps in this process. And it's still not done. They're, they're going to endorse it. We're going to study it. We're going to revisit it again. Um, and, and it still needs to go through a full adoption process. So um, I appreciate all the conversation. Just the fact that the Planning Commission wanted to have this conversation proves that you are all very deeply invested into the, the rightful decision-making of our city, and I'm honored to work with you all. Thank you very much. Appreciate the comments. All right, any other announcements, ladies and gentlemen? All right. This meeting is adjourned.